You are listening to the MZBC Students Greenhouse Podcast. For more information about Mount Zion Baptist Church, go to mzbc.net slash students or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MZBC Students. Man, that is one of my favorite songs these days. I know it's a 7-Eleven. It says the same thing a lot, but it is good. Very good. You guys know what a 7-Eleven song is? I'm not talking about the gas station. Huh? <laughs> Are there not 7-Elevens around here? No 7-Elevens around here? I guess I hadn't paid attention. Where do you get slushies from? Huh? Target? Gross. Gross. Target slushies. Chevrons? Man. Big goal, pay. Uh... I'm sorry that you guys uh, have had a terrible childhood and that you don't have 7-Elevens around. Uh, you saw one once? All right. At least what? Oh, okay. Moment's gone. Uh, anyway, so in um, the music worship world, it used to be a lot more common than it is now, thankfully. Uh, but uh, the term 7-Eleven meant that it was like seven words repeated 11 times, right? It was the same thing just over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, when I was uh, a teenager many, many years ago, right, because I'm an older, um, a lot of the worship songs then were just like the same thing, just like over and over, because we were just learning like what like good uh, worship music was. I mean, hymns are good, but I mean like modern worship stuff, you know. Uh, so it was like, oh, well, that phrase is good, but I don't know how to write a whole song about it. So let's just say that phrase like 11 times. It'll be all right. Uh, so, tonight, how many, uh, how many times have you guys had someone tell you, well, you just need to live like Jesus, right? How many times have I said it in this room over the last few months, right? I, countless amount of times, right? So, like, well, you just need to live like Jesus, right? And how many times uh, have you, like, said that to somebody? Obviously, I've said it to you a bunch. Like, you just got to live like Jesus, right? Uh, so, we hear this phrase. I said that real Southern right then, too. Like, well, you just got to live like Jesus, man. That's all. Uh, my Mississippi roots coming out occasionally. I try and keep them suppressed, but sometimes they just come out. Uh, also, if my voice cracks, uh, apparently this week I reverted to seventh grade again, uh, so I'm feeling your pain. Uh, lost my voice over the weekend. Some of you know it was just some, some sign of stuff, and then partly I was at a concert and screamed my head like off like a little girl. Um, <coughs> so I'm getting better, but it's still a little scratchy and things like that. So if it cracks, you can laugh. It's all right. Uh, anyway, so this this phrase or this sentiment, we seem to live like Jesus, I think on some level we, those of us who've been going to church for a while, uh, we get what that is and what that means, but uh, uh, a couple of months ago I was thinking like how many times have you actually like studied for yourself or had someone tell you like, oh well this is how, this is how Jesus lived, this is how he interacted with people, right? I, I can't remember very many, if all, times that somebody like sat down or I sat down and was like, how did Jesus live? What, how did he interact with people, right? So you hear this phrase, well, just be like Jesus. Well, Jesus was perfect and didn't sin. Okay, well, can't do that. Um, I'm going to try, but I can't do that. So what, what do they mean, live like Jesus? Well, hopefully we'll catch a glimpse uh, of what that is over the next few weeks. Uh, this new series uh, starting tonight, I've titled hashtag Jesus just because I'm an oldie trying to sound cool. Um, but we're just gonna we're gonna go through stories of Jesus interacting with people. And from those stories, 
we're going to pull out some truths of how we can, too, live in this world and interact with people. Sound good? Uh, one of the things, also, uh, the reason I'm, I don't know if you picked up on the last series was just, it was all about stories of people, and this series is going to be stories of Jesus. I think so often we get, we get bogged down into, like, the small portions of Scripture, like two verses that are, like, huge and say a lot, that we forget that there are, like, stories, like, stories in the Bible. So that, that's part of why uh, I'm telling a lot of stories this semester, because uh, I want you to see there's more than just, like, John 3.16, which is a good verse, but that doesn't tell you everything, right? Uh, so anyway, so we're going to look uh, at the life of Jesus uh, and try to figure out some of the things uh, that we can learn from him. So let's turn to the Gospel of John. Yep, that's where you open your Bible or open the app on your phone. My voice almost cracked there, but I stopped it. Um, John, Gospel of John. Getting there? Going to chapter 4. Uh, tonight's, uh, tonight's story uh, is the woman at the well. Some of you know the story, uh, some of you don't. Uh, but the woman at the well, or the Samaritan woman, woman of Samaria, however you want to title it, whatever your Bible says. Uh, either way, <clears throat> it's the same story. So John chapter 4, verse 7. Are we there yet? Say got it if you got it. All right, there's a, there's a few. Got it? Yeah? One guy over here is like, got it. I don't know what it is, but I've got it. Uh, all right. So let's jump in. Just before verse 7, uh, Jesus and the disciples are traveling. Uh, and uh, along the way, you'll, you'll see this as a, as a sub-note as we read the story, we'll learn uh, that the disciples go into a town to buy some food and that sort of deal. And then Jesus comes to this place uh, called, called Jacob's Well. It was this well uh, built by Jacob. Uh, if any of you know the Old Testament, he was a significant character. He's one of the forefathers of the nation of Israel, right? So he's like a big, well-known dude, uh, especially in Jesus' time. Uh, and he actually built this well like centuries before Jesus and this woman are at it right here, okay? So he comes to this place called Jacob's Well. He's sitting there, and then this woman walks up. And that's where we jump in. Verse 7. <clears throat> a woman from Samaria uh, came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And this is where we learn uh, about the disciples. Uh, for his disciples had gone away uh, into the city to buy food. Verse 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, Who is it that, uh, excuse me, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria, in parentheses here, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now, the tension here between Jewish people and the Samaritan people like ran deep, right? This was like racial, uh, lifestyle, just hatred for one another. So the Jews uh, are like, quote-unquote, pure-blooded from Jacob. They only, Jews only marry Jews, that kind of thing. The Samaritans, uh, at some point, in, or several times, in uh, Israel's history, so the Jewish people's history, uh, even up to this point, they had been into exile several times, right? And one of the times that they were in exile, these, uh, these Gentiles, right, which is a Jewish word for non-Jew, right? So these Gentiles had moved into Israel, their, their town, while these Jews uh, were in exile in another country. There, were, uh, there was a small part uh, of the Jewish community that was able to stay. Uh, they called them the remnant. Uh, and they 
uh, married a lot of these Jews, and it became kind of this mixed breed of these, uh, or Gentiles, excuse me, uh, of this mixed breed of these Gentiles uh, and Jewish people, um, and they lived in this area called Samaria, and so they were called, um, uh, I forget the word now, sorry, uh, Samaritans, that's the word. <laughs> you ever have that moment where your mind just goes blank, right? It's real terrifying when you're in front of people talking. Um, so anyway, they're called uh, Samaritans, and so part of this uh, is they had worshipped, or they were, they were worshipping other gods other than the Jewish God, which is the one true God, right? Uh, some of them still worshipped uh, the Jewish God, but they didn't worship at the temple in Jerusalem. We'll learn about this. She'll mention this later in the story. The lady will. Uh, but the, the Jews believe that you can only worship God in the temple in Jerusalem. The Samaritans believe that you could, uh, some of them worshipped other gods other than the Jewish God, and those who worshipped uh, the Jewish God did kind of in the same places that these guys would worship these other false gods. So they had, they both were seeking to worship God, seeking to be, you know, good human beings, I suppose, but they hated one another because they saw life so differently. Does that make sense? Um, I was trying to think uh, of some good examples for you guys, uh, and the only thing I could come up with was some nerdy examples because I'm a nerd, um, though I'm not in this world as much. I mean, you could go Star Wars, you know, light and dark, but that's not quite what I'm talking about, because those guys, they're not striving for the same thing, right? The dark side's striving for, like, control and domination, where the light's just trying to strive for, like, peace and goodwill and that kind of stuff, right? So they're not striving for the same thing. Uh, So then I thought, okay, nerd world, right? Windows versus Apple, right? We're technically striving for the same thing, right? Windows computers, Apple computers, right? She was like, Windows and Apples? What are you talking about? Uh, uh, so Windows computers versus Apple computers was like a big debate, uh, a bigger debate nowadays probably is like uh, Android versus iPhone, right? Uh, so people who are like Android are like all about some Android and then people who, uh, who are like all about uh, iPhones are like iPhones are like the best thing since anything, um, right? And sometimes uh, on the internet, well, a lot of times on the internet because it's a terrible place, uh, they like yell at each other or sit by themselves in a room and typing all caps at each other, um, like yelling about these things, like, you're dumb because you use that phone, you're dumb because you use that phone, or whatever. I mean, they, they make phone calls, they send text messages and play games, right? Uh, so essentially, they're seeking the same thing. They want good phones, and the companies are trying to sell product and that sort of stuff, but they see life differently. Um, uh, another one that I thought that you probably won't get uh, is Sherlock Holmes. You guys familiar with Sherlock Holmes, right? You've seen the movies. Uh, character uh, Lestrade. Lestrade. Yeah, you don't get it. It's okay. Uh, we won't go there. Anyway, so they're, they're striving for the same thing, but they see it differently, uh, and they're, they're at odds uh, with one another. Back into this, okay? So this is, this is a big deal that a Jewish person would even have a conversation with a Samaritan person, okay? But she says something here that makes it even deeper than that. She says, you would talk to me, a woman of Samaria. Now, ladies, today, like guys and girls, you can have conversations, whatever, it's not a big deal. But in, in this time, uh, a man and a woman, unless you are married or you are related to one another, you didn't talk. Right? So not only is Jesus here alone having a conversation with, uh, you know, Jesus is Jewish, right? He's not, he's not a white person, right? He's Jewish. Um, Jesus here, Jewish person, talking to a Samaritan 
woman, okay? So, I mean, I can't emphasize how, like, big of a deal this is, that he would even be in the same place as her, let alone have a conversation with her. Uh, so let's get going. Uh, I, just want, I just want you to understand that. Um, here we go, verse 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that you, uh, excuse me, that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would, you would have asked him, and he would, have given, uh, he would have given you living water. Now, Jesus is talking about himself here, kind of in the third person, or completely in, in the third person. Uh, but what he's saying is, if you realized who I was, you'd be the one asking me for a drink. Right? Jesus uh, always carries about him because he's perfect and holy. He always carries this, like, perfect balance of humility uh, and arrogance. Right? He's, he's got this, like, well... If you knew who I was, you'd be the one asking me for a drink. But he, like, says it in, like, the most loving way possible. Like, we would always be like, I'm awesome. And Jesus is saying, like, I'm awesome, but in, like, this kind of cool, subtle, good with words kind of way. Right? But he says, living water. Okay? Remember that phrase. Verse 11. Here we are. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Uh, Where do you get that living water? So she misses it. Right? It's like she's trying to catch a baseball like you'd catch a Frisbee, right? Like no glove or anything. It's coming at you at your chest, and you like do this, and it just goes through and hits you in the chest, right? She's playing the wrong sport, right? So he's talking. He says living water. He's talking spiritual world. She's still stuck in the physical world. She says, what are you talking about, living water? You don't even have a bucket to get water out of the well. What are you talking about? So she's, she's missing it at this point. She doesn't understand what he's saying, she's not picking up what he's dropping and smelling what he's stepping in, right? She doesn't get what's happening. Uh, so she says, uh, where do you get that living water? Uh, verse 12, are you greater than our father Jacob? Uh, he gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. So this is talking about Jacob from centuries and centuries ago. Verse 13, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty. Again, talking about the water in the well. Verse 14, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst again. The water uh, that I will give him will bring in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Verse 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will uh, not be thirsty and have to come here to draw water. So she's still not getting it. She says, well, that sounds awesome. I want... I want water that I don't have to, like, come back to this stupid well every day and, like, carry water back up to my stupid house. Like, this, that's terrible. I'm going to have to, like, in the heat. I'm out here, like, carrying this water and, like, having to walk back up to my house with all this water and stuff. I want what you got. You say I don't have to drink ever again. That's awesome. Right? <laughs> there are these times uh, in these stories that I imagine if Jesus were, like, a normal human being and, and like, sinful have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and you're like trying to say something and they just don't get it, right? Have you ever been there, you're like saying something and they're like, well, you know, the price of tea in China is blah, 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 blah. And you're like, you don't get what I'm saying, ah, right? That's what I would do if I were Jesus at this point. I'd be like, I'd grab her face and be like, listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth, right? Uh, but Jesus doesn't do that. He keeps calm, right? He's saying it and it doesn't help that Jesus like kind of says it in a, subtle way, right? He doesn't just come out and be like, I'm the Messiah, right? He, uh, he, so he says this, this well that I give you, and what he's talking about, hint, hint, is salvation, right? The spiritual salvation that we need. Now, 
if I gave you a glass of water right now, I'm not going to, but if I did, if I did, you would drink it, you'd be satisfied or mostly, right? But then like, I didn't give you water for 20 hours. You'd be pretty thirsty, right? Throat would be dry, kind of like mine is right now. Uh, And you would need water or what? After a while, what would happen if you don't have water? You'd die, right? If you don't have water after a while, you die. That's the physical world. The spiritual world, we're already dead. Listen, listen. Hang with me. We're already dead because we're sinful, right? We start sinful. That disconnects us from God. Uh, we don't have that relationship, which is what keeps us alive spiritually. But Jesus has provided a way for us to have that relationship with him, with the Father again. We believe in him, right? We believe that he is the Messiah, the Savior, died and rose again for us. When we have that relationship with him and we begin living for him, he gives us that spiritual water. Now, as a Christian, we continue to desire God, right? Because when you're real thirsty for water, you like want water, you, you crave water, right? In the same way, before you're a Christian, some of you in here aren't Christians at the moment, and there's, there's something that's missing in your life. You, don't, you may or may not realize that it's this spiritual connection with God, this relationship that you don't have that's missing. And when you have it, you're filled with this spiritual living water. I know it's hard to conceptualize, but you're, spil- you're, you're filled with this and you're satisfied. Now, we still long to know more and to have more, but that's not fully what Jesus is talking about here. It's not this like, I have to have this. It's more of like, I want more, right? The light bulb had an idea. Um, so anyway, here we are. Living water. He says, eternal life, uh, verse 15. She says, well, give me some of that. I don't, I don't, uh, don't want to have to come back to the stupid well anymore. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband uh, Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have, uh, I have no husband. For you, ha- uh, you had five husbands, and the one uh, you now have is not your husband. Um, what you have said is true. Uh, the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. I find this pretty funny, right? So imagine you've met somebody that you've never met before. So you guys like come together, you like exchange a few words, that kind of thing. And then they're like, here's what you've done your whole life. And you're like, have you been peeping on me? You got like a camera at my place, like what's happening, right? So this, this lady, obviously they didn't have like cameras and stuff back then, right? No technology, but listen, hang in here with me. In her world, (laughs) the people who know things that they normally shouldn't know are prophets, right? Prophets are people who can see the future. They can see truths that other people don't because they've been given these things by God. So she, he, he says, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five of them, and the guy you're with now, you're not married to, right? So in this culture, I mean, I think even in our culture, that's kind of a faux pas. Uh, But in in this culture, in her day, for sure, I mean, having having, uh, been divorced or even a husband dying, remember we talked about that with Ruth, like whenever you don't have a husband as a woman, you're sort of worthless in this society, right? I'm not talking about today, right? I'm talking about in in the Bible. Uh, But then she's had five different husbands. We don't know the circumstances behind that, uh, but she would be somewhat 
was kind of an outcast, right? Uh, what the Jews would classify as a big sinner, right? Uh, that was supposed to be kind of a joke. You didn't get it. It's all right. You can laugh later. Uh, yeah, fake laugh for me. Go. <laughs> all right, ready, stop. Uh, okay, so here he is telling her about her life, and he has never met her before this moment. And she says, I perceive that you're a prophet. We're in verse 20, back in the Bible here. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. She's talking about the Samaritan people, right? Her ancestors of the Samaritans worshiped on this mountain. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And this is, uh, this is where uh, things start to get really good, okay? <laughs> Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. Now, at first, you see that phrase, uh, for those who know anything uh, about the Bible and Christianity, you go, wait, 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 wait a second. Salvation is from the Jews? I thought Jesus was the way to salvation. I thought he was the only way to God. Like, what are you, what are you talking about, Jesus? What? Um, at first, it kind of seems like sort of contradictory, uh, where two things, okay? I know that's four, but two things, right? Peace. Um, the Jewish people, when God chose them, the nation of Israel, to be his people, what was the main purpose in him choosing them? Anybody, any guesses? Hmm? Any guesses? Anybody? Yeah. No, I'm talking about God, all right? God the Father, spiritual being, chose the, the nation of Israel to be his people. Why did it, what, was the, what was the purpose for them being his people? Hmm? They don't know? All right. The purpose was for them to tell the world, everyone else, that their God is the one true God, right? They were supposed to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. If you've heard anything about the Bible, these kind of sound familiar, like what we're supposed to be as Christians today. The Jewish people were supposed to be that in their time. They were, their salvation was, quote unquote, supposed to come from them because they were supposed to be the ones to tell the world about how good God is and that he is the only one true God, not these other false gods that they were worshiping. Yes, sir. He could have picked any people group, yep. But he chose the Jewish people, and that's all that really matters. He chose them <laughs> to share his message. And there were some people who were not Jewish that came to faith in God and, and, and that sort of thing before uh, Jesus came along. Uh, but for the most part, the Jewish people failed at that. The other side of this is that Jesus, remember, is Jewish, right? And he, so he came from the Jewish people. Salvation came from the Jews. So that statement, I probably made more of it than it needs to be, but just so you're not confused about that if you ever think about it later. Uh, so salvation is from the Jews. Verse 23. Ready? Back in your Bible, verse 23. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people uh, to worship him. Uh, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So let me explain what he's talking about there, okay? So in this time, when you worship God, you followed his commands, 
uh, you did the sacrifices and the rituals in the temple and, and all that sort of stuff to worship him. What Jesus is saying is there's coming a time, and there's even now, talk, he's talking about he and his people, right? Uh, but there's coming a time that the true worshipers, he's talking about Christians, right? For those that don't know, Christian really is just a word that means little Christ, right? So we're sub, sub, attempting to be like Jesus, and that's what we're learning tonight, right? Um, so there's coming a time these true worshipers, these Christians, will worship God in spirit and truth. Now, that seems really weird, right? Um, there are these times, like the Samaritan woman up to this point, that we get so stuck in this physical world, in the world that we can see and touch, right, the tangible things, that we forget that there is a spiritual realm, right? There is this spiritual realm, and I'm not talking about, like, weird stuff that you see in the movies, right? There is this spiritual world that exists, and it's bigger than we can imagine, and it's crazy, awesome, scary, all those things, right? But there is this spiritual world that exists, and when we're here and we worship God, or you're wherever you are, right? So Jesus is saying, he said that there's, there's coming a time that neither in Jerusalem at the temple or on this mountain right here, will pe- it's not just here that people will worship God. They can worship anywhere because they're worshiping in spirit and truth, because God is spirit and we connect to him spiritually, That's what he's talking about. And truth, what is truth? The Bible. Yeah, Bible, right? This is truth. So with this and and with our spiritual connection with God, those who are Christians, that's how we worship God. We are the true worshipers, those who are Christians uh, in the room. That's what Jesus is talking about. So here we are back in the story. (laughs) Verse 25. The woman said to him, I know, that, uh, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. Uh, when he comes, uh, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Now, this is translated from Greek, and they say things funny because that's how their language works or whatever. But basically, she's saying, um, hey, whenever, I know that the Messiah is coming, the Savior is coming, and when he comes, he'll tell us all this stuff. He'll tell us the things uh, that are true, and Jesus goes, Right? He does it in a way cooler way. I'm nerdy and goofy, but Jesus, he says, well, I, I am the Messiah, right? What does she do next? Back in the Bible here, looking back in, right? So what does she do next? He says, he says, I who speak to you am he. I'm the Messiah. Verse 27, just then his disciples were skipping, uh, da, 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 da. let's see, no, 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 we'll keep reading. Just as the disciples came, uh, they marveled uh, that he, uh, he was talking to a woman, right? So this confirms more like Jesus is talking to a woman? What, what's happening? Uh, but no one said anything. They, they could have said, um, you know, what do you seek or, or why are you t- uh, talking with her? Verse 28. So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see uh, a man who told me all that I ever did. Uh, can this be the Christ? So he says, I'm the Messiah. She gets so excited, she leaves everything that she brought with her, her little water jar that she was going to carry back to her home so she could have water, right? She just leaves it all there, and she runs back into town because this well is like right outside of the town, right? She runs back into town. She says, hey, everybody listen. There's this guy at Jacob's well. I think he might be the Christ. I think he might be the Messiah. He told me everything that I did. He knows me. He knew me, and we had never met before. I think he's Jesus. And the people, 
uh, went out of the town uh, and were coming to Jesus. This is a point we're going to skip to verse 39. Jesus talks to the disciples a little bit uh, about some stuff that we're not looking at tonight. <clears throat> so skip to verse 39. Hang with me. We're almost done. We're going to verse 42. You ready? 39. Many Samaritans uh, from the town uh, believed in him because of the woman's testimony. But, so because of what she said, they believed that he was the Messiah. They come out to see him because they believe that he's the Messiah. Uh, verse 40, so when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Now, that last little part's important, right? <clears throat> they said, first we believe because of what you said, talking to the Samaritan woman. They said, but now we've met this Jesus, and we believe because we've experienced him. Right? So a lot of times we hear things about Jesus, or we tell our friends about Jesus, and they might believe at some point, but until they start that relationship with him, and have that experience, they meet Jesus, that's when they really start to truly believe, right? Not just based off of words that they hear from people, but that actual relationship that they start with Jesus. All right, so that's the end of the story. We're going to come now to, uh, you can clap for the Bible if you want. Uh, <coughs> yep. All right, you can stop. stop. Uh, so here, here are the things that I think we get out of this. So Watching Jesus or listening about Jesus, uh, picturing him interacting with this woman uh, who he should not have been interacting with in the, in the way that they did. Here are the, the key things that I get out of this, okay? So we as people living, trying to live like Jesus, or those who are not Christians who want to become Christians and start to try and learn to live like Jesus, we need to get to know people. And that sounds really simple, uh, but what I mean, Jesus knew this woman, right? And whenever he walked up, he didn't immediately just say, hey, you've had five husbands, right? He carried on a conversation with people. So have conversations with people, real conversations, not just the walking through the hallway, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. All right. Mm-hmm. And you just keep going about your day, right? You like that? <laughs> anyway, uh, have real conversations. Get to know people for who they are. Make sense? So get to know people. The next thing, get, get outside of your friend group. I'm not saying give up your friends or whatever. Keep the friends you have, that, I mean, unless they're terrible people. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <coughs> keep the friend group you have, but what I'm saying, stop. Oh, what I'm saying is get outside of your friend group, meet people that you don't already know, right? Build, these convers- uh, build, uh, build relationships with them so that you can tell them about Jesus, this uh, savior who can fill them with this living water, right? This spiritual connection that they desire whether they realize it or not, right? So get outside of your friend group, uh, right? Because Jesus wasn't there just hanging out with the disciples, right? He like, sent them along and he was hanging out with this uh, woman. All right, and the last thing is meet people where they are. And let me explain. Did Jesus like sit at his house? I mean, he was homeless, but did he sit at the corner that he slept in? I don't know. Uh, and wait for that woman to come to him before he had a conversation with her? What did he do? He went to where he knew where she was going to be, right? 
He went to where she was, physically went to where she was so that he could have a conversation with her. And because of that conversation with her, she believed in him, was saved, and because of her testimony, she went into the town and many other people in the town were also saved. And Jesus hung out with them for a couple of days and told them all about him and salvation and and they were saved, right? So for us, go where people are. These are all really connected. So when I, I say get outside of your friend group, in whatever arena that you can imagine, lunch, go sit with somebody else, uh, baseball, football, soccer, whatever sport or band or whatever you're in, time before or after, go meet somebody that you haven't met before or somebody that you've met but you don't really know that well. You don't carry on conversations with them on a regular basis. Go where they are and have conversations with them. Get to know them and tell them about Jesus. Does that make sense? Let me pray and then we'll go into small groups. Father, I thank you uh, for sending Jesus. Holy Spirit, I would just uh, ask now that you would uh, continue to move our hearts and uh, help us to see the truth from this story uh, about Jesus and uh, the way that he lived and ways that we can better live uh, like him. That we can be uh, the Christians that we're supposed to be. And uh, Holy Spirit, I just ask for people in the room now who are not uh, Christians that um, that you would meet with them. Uh, so that they can have that spiritual, that real spiritual life that they need from you. Christ, my prayer. Amen. All right, grab a rug, move into your small groups.